Hello there, Dr. Alan Hedberg here with you again and the Psychology Report. Today I'd like to once again address the major problem that faces our communities, but dearly, very dearly faces the homes of Americans across the country. It's a sad story and it's a sad state of affairs, but nonetheless it's something that we have amongst us and we have to deal with it. Drugs of all forms are the problem today. One of the major problems of today. When I use drugs, we're talking about cigarettes, we're talking about alcohol in all its forms, and we're talking about legal drugs and illegal drugs. We're talking about drugs that are now allowed legally for medicinal purposes, for pain management or control of some kind of a disorder, and drugs that are used for recreational purposes. There are a couple of states that allow for marijuana under such a category to be purchased and to use, to be grown, to be part of the community life. Colorado was one of the first, Oregon, and then now Washington, Virginia. I mean, there are a couple other states that uh, have marijuana under certain conditions, and there are certain states that are toying with the idea and bringing it about. But let's take a look at some of the issues that relate to drug use and the drug uh, epidemic that's in America today. Without doubt, the use of heroin and the use of various painkillers, the opiates, if you will, they're painkillers, come in the form of Vicodin and various other types of drugs for the purpose of pain management and pain control. It's out of control. The use of it is out of control. And the deaths that are occurring these days because of painkillers, the use of painkillers, the overuse of painkillers, the overdosing of painkillers is enormous. Now, I don't know if any of you have been in the uh, Texas Rangers Stadium. Texas Rangers is a baseball team in Texas. And have ever been there, but uh, you know, probably almost 40, 50,000 people, maybe a little bit more, uh, can be seated in that particular uh, stadium. Now, just think about it. Let's just say it's 50 or 60,000. Let's just think about it this way that's how many people in, 19, in 2015, last year, died as a result of the overuse of heroin and painkillers and/or painkillers. Now that's a large number of people per year that just die as a result of it, let alone those that uh, didn't die but are now brain damaged as a result of the use of heroin and the overuse of painkillers. And those that have had injuries because they had an automobile accident, they didn't die but they, they were permanently injured in some way. That just multiplies beyond this. It's a problem. Painkillers is a problem. For somehow in our culture, we don't like pain. Somehow in our culture, we have a medical society that says squelch pain, reduce pain, but do little to resolve pain, to solve it, to help people overcome it, to help people develop the self-control strategies of maintaining a life without painkillers or with very minimal use of painkillers or the use of some of the alternative medications and the alternative medical strategies that are available uh, 
rather than using pills and heroin and various types of uh, uh, medications for pain management. So what do we do? Well, we have to address this in a very, very significant and a very direct way, and it's a very complex problem. You know, but we're seeing this not only in the use of uh, painkillers with uh, kids and adolescents and adults, but alcohol likewise is a drug, and and alcohol likewise has its own death rate and has its own social problems associated with it. A survey across the country uh, conducted by the uh, American Association of uh, Older Americans um, found that approximately 8.5 to 9% of people who are 65 years of age and older drink in a binge and chronic manner, which means it's excessive. They don't, they don't drink excessively every day, but periodically and often they drink excessively. Chronic, yeah, they, they drink regularly, weekly. Sometimes several times a week, numerous times a week. 8.5 to 9% of the older population, 65 years of age and older. And when they did this and compared it to the uh, voting records across the country, it's very interesting that you find the excessive drinking to be greater in those states that have democratic voting records. So it's much more part of the democratic political mindset than it is of the Republican mindset by the virtue of this particular uh, study. But nonetheless, it still is a very excessive uh, problem uh, for older people. And opiates tend to be much more of a problem for the younger people. And uh, older as well, but that dips down into the younger people who are using the heroin and the various forms of painkillers and uh, don't want to develop strategies or learn ways of controlling pain by self-control methods and systems and seeking out various forms of therapy to help. Biofeedback therapy, acupuncture uh, you know, therapy, pressure puncture uh, therapy, psychotherapy, behavior therapy, behavior modification, cognitive uh, therapy, and on and on and on it goes. The use of yoga, the use of deep breathing, the use of relaxation techniques. I mean, there are just numerous ways that you can control pain without going into the various types of pain medications. People don't want to do that. They want the quick fix. We are a society of the quick fix. Take a pill and get over it. Unfortunately, when you use medication, if you ingest it into the stomach, and then it has to dissipate throughout the body. And if it's going to be used for pain management purposes, it takes a while before it will target that particular area of the body that's in pain. And only about half of that pill is used for the pain management. The rest of it is basically waste. So when you take a pill, you're not getting the entire pill to help you. You're getting about half of that pill to actually be a benefit to you. The rest of it is waste and it's excessive and 
That's the part, and that's part of the reason why these types of medications become highly addictive. And unfortunately, with the addiction process, what happens is you take a medication, and then the brain soon becomes adjusted to it, becomes accommodated to it, and now just accepts it for what it is. But then it's very soon that that brain now needs more to maintain a particular life level or pain management level. So then more medication is required. So we go up from one pill a day to a pill and a half. And it isn't very long before now two pills are needed. It's not very long before three pills are needed because the brain is accommodated to that medication. And that medication then doesn't have the effect that it had initially. So it requires more and more and more of it. And before you know it, you're up to two pills, three pills, and four pills you know, a day in the area of pain management. And when you're trying to live a life and you're under excessive use of medication like that, you not only continue to have pain, but now your entire brain, your entire body process now is sluggish because it's trying to operate under the influence of a high level of medication, a high dosage level of medication. And there's no end to it until you come to the point of death. Death is the end of it, if you will. People will take medication, take medication, take medication, and take more and more dosage levels, and take it more often, and take stronger pills, until such time as the the brain can no longer accommodate. And then when you take more and more and more, the brain just depletes, and death results. So death is the outcome. Death is the result of drug addiction at some point and it has to be addressed and it has to be addressed you know pretty uh, directly and pretty conscientiously by as many people as possible in your sphere of influence now when it comes to the issue of drug addiction of various kinds whether you're talking about alcohol you're talking about marijuana you're talking about the opiates you're talking about heroin you're talking about the methamphetamines or whatever it might be there are generally four aspects to recovery, to the treatment approach in dealing with drug addiction. Obviously, one of these is biology. It's the brain. Now, if you're continuing taking those kind of pills and drugs, the brain will just weaken and dysfunction to the point that it will not be able to sustain intellectual activity. So you lose intellectual life, you lose intellectual vitality, you lose creativity, you lose forethought and be able to plan and to judge and to make decisions. And your whole life then becomes at risk. So the brain is really involved. And the only way that the brain can be reversed, the only way that the brain can be healed, the only way that the brain can be helped is to terminate all drug usage. All drug usage. It has to be terminated and terminated completely once and for all. And the brain will start to restore. Now, some brains, by virtue of age and the level of uh, dysfunction, will only restore a little bit. Others will restore more. But the brain's restoration, the brain healing, can only come about by total non-use of these drugs. Obviously, we like to take the brain and 
strengthen it by making sure you eat your vegetables and eat your vitamins. I mean, uh, fruits and vegetables and fish and you know some of the good foods that bring oxygen to the brain and will help this restoring. But it's basically that of abstinence. You've got to abstain from all drugs if the brain's going to heal. That's the biology part of it. There's a public health part of it, too. That's number two. Public health means that it's not just a criminal offense when somebody uses drugs of various kinds and is doing so against the law. That, that's criminal. But it's a public health matter. In other words, drugs come into our country and they spread. When a person uses drugs, the usual pattern is to keep some for yourself for the future, use some now, sell some, and give some away. And that's what people do with drugs. In the public health matter is getting people to understand that you can't sell it, you can't give it away, and you can't use it. It's an educational process. Public health is an educational process to help people see the public health problem that drugs are to our society and to our community, our culture today. We have to address it from the point of view of what has it done to our criminal system? What has it done to our educational system? What has it done to our health system? What has it done to our youth? What has it done to our aging population? When you look at what these drugs do to these various populations, it's clear. It's a menace. It's contrary to the best interest. It's contrary to the best level of health of individuals. And public health matters is an approach to how to make a community, a culture, a city, a town, a country, a state more healthy, not less healthy. Drug use has to be out the door. But it's also a community problem. And it needs to be addressed as a community. You know, a community is a family. A community is a church family. A community is a work family, an office family. You know, we have various families in our life, various small groups of people that we're known to and that care for us and like us and interact with us and have dealings with us on a regular daily basis. That community can be healing. That community can be helpful. That community can get back and say, look, you need to be in treatment and get into treatment. We want you in treatment. We're going to help you. We're going to support you. We'll even help pay for it. We'll help you get into the right kind of treatment. But a community can help bring about a healing approach to a person with addiction. We have to allow our community to serve us. We have to allow our community to uh, work for us and, and, and enable us to do what is right and good, not what is uh, against our best interest. So let the community groups in your life work. Let them work for you. Let them work with you. And let them work in a manner that brings you into a wholeness, into a healthy lifestyle, rather than into an addictive lifestyle. And then lastly, it's true. I don't know if it's last, but it certainly is a point. Morality is an issue. Addiction has to be addressed from the point of view of morality as well as spirituality. There's an approach, there's a part of a treatment plan, there's a part of an addiction restoration plan which has a moral component. There is right and wrong. When you're abusing your body, that's wrong. 
when you're sharing drugs with somebody else and letting them abuse their body, that's wrong. When you stand aside and let somebody else just use drugs and abuse their body and their mind and their brain, that's wrong. That's immoral. In other words, when you see abuse of a brain or a body because of drugs, take action and stop it. Urge the termination of such drugs. Urge treatment. Get involved. Don't look the other way. That's immoral. Don't stand there with your hands in your pockets. That's immoral. Don't let people self-destruct. If you do, that's immoral. In other words, we each have a role to play to help each other succeed, achieve, rather than self-destruct and become self-defeating. So, do your part. Look at the role you can play. Look at the component or the various components that you play in the life of somebody who's addicted or who is potentially addicted or who could become addicted in the near future and particularly your own home, your own family, your own children. Make contracts. Make a non-use contract. There was one research study done where fathers and their sons made a contract. No drug use until age 25. The father signed the contract, the mother signed the contract, the kids signed the contract. And of those kids that maintained that contract, very few of them ever used drugs of any form at any time. As compared to those kids that did not sign such a contract. So you can make a contract with your, with your family. Non-drug contract. Ask your kids not to use. Ask your kids not to be with those that do use. And if necessary, write it out into a paper. And then it can be referred to. And hung on the wall if necessary. As a reminder. This has been the Psychology Report. And I urge you to take seriously this issue of drug addiction. And um, reduce the killings. Reduce the abuse. Reduce the, the fatalities. And unfortunately, Colorado cannot unring the bell. They're stuck. They can't now take marijuana away. They'll never be able to do that. Unfortunately, Oregon is stuck. Accident rates because of marijuana use and drug addiction has doubled since they, they allowed marijuana to come into their states and be used legally. So those states are stuck. They won't be able to change. The message is to other states, don't get into this mess. Don't let it come to your city. Don't let it come to your county. Don't let it come to your state. Vote against it. It's a high price. It's a terrible price to pay. The kids will pay the price in their life forever. So the brain, once it's damaged, doesn't heal. So take this seriously. This has been the Psychology Report. And I refer you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And uh, my book on healthcare, Achieving and Maintaining a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress, has a section devoted to drug use in the family. And get all of that and read it. My book for parents, Dr. Teach Me to Parent, has a section on drug use. Get it. Use it. Learn from it. Use it as a guideline. The Psychology Report with Dr. Alan Hedberg. Nice to have you with us. Bye for now.